0: You know what I love about the passage uh, that Stephanie just shared with us? Uh, Isaac, Abraham, the, first, the father of faith, Isaac, his son, was being moved by circumstances out of his city. It was a famine in the land. So that's logical, right? He's a farmer. There's a famine. There's no water. So he go, he's headed down to Egypt, and the Lord stopped him and said, I called you here. And so when it says he planted and reaped a hundredfold, he planted in a famine land and dry soil because God said, I will bless you right here no matter what the circumstances look like to the natural eye. Just obey me. And he planted seed in a famine land and God produced a hundredfold. Can I hear an amen on that? Come on. Get happy about it back there in the back row. Come on now. Don't be giving that sad look. I just. I just started. It's going to be a long day. All right. Well, God bless everybody. It's great to be back. Italy was amazing. Best food I've ever put in my pie hole. Most amazing scenery. And can I say this publicly? The best wine I've ever drank. Uh, Boy, it was just amazing. Um, But it's great to be back. Uh, Love seeing everybody uh, while well, having you join us online. And I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mamas. huh? Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, I want to start uh, today's Mother's Day by giving some evidence of mothering. So let's look on the screen here. And here we have an artist in the family. Yeah, isn't that nice? Happy Mother's Day. Uh, another evidence that there are moms. Look at this here. This here. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's obviously that would be mother's day because she is not having to take care of the babies. Her dad is, uh, here we have an artist in the family. You see those paint handprints along the nice. Yeah. That's, that's evidence uh, of mothering. Uh, next here we have, uh, yeah, (laughs) <laughs> you like it. <laughs> the artist and the and the church says I like that. That's, that's nice. You new Apple laptop. Okay, uh, here we have. Yeah, teaching your children finances. Uh, the next one we have. Uh, well, you just got to find the apple that tastes right, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next one we have here is uh, helping with gardening. And uh, here we have a child who uh, is trying to find out what floats and what doesn't float. And then, uh, and then saving the best for last is everybody needs a horse in the bedroom. Oh. Happy Mother's Day. You know, there are tremendous joys in being a mom. And I interviewed uh, a number of moms... In preparation for this message before I, I left on our our break our vacation and uh they told me some wonderful stories about their uh parenting their kids over the years but honestly i felt strongly that the lord wanted me to talk about uh this how he is with you in the difficult times of mothering Now, this message applies to everybody because God is with everyone in their deepest, darkest valleys. But I'm tailoring this to moms today because I really believe the Lord wants me to minister to moms today, not just uh, moms that uh, are raising children right now, but moms who have raised children, but they're still moms. And from what I've heard, now my oldest is 23, what I've heard, I thought I was totally delusional. I thought when they turned 18 and moved out, the parenting was over. (laughs) I hope the online community picked up that laughter because that said it all right there. So this applies to all moms of any age. And uh, as I interviewed moms, one of the questions I asked was, what is one of the most difficult parts of mothering? And this is what I want to drill down on today. The number one answer I got from moms was, they have, to some degree or another, feel like they have failed their children. That they could or should have been there for them more or been a better mom. Um, they grieve their mistakes and wish they had many do-overs. You know, some say that mother is the hardest job in the world. Why would that be? It takes tremendous sacrifice and selflessness, and that's really hard on the flesh. Like you have to set your agenda aside and take care of your children. It takes extraordinary patience and profound wisdom. It takes tremendous physical stamina. I mean, when they're young, forget about sleep right i mean i remember nap times were heaven on earth and then when you'd finally get him to sleep and then somebody calls you the phone rings and somebody knocks on the door it's a salesperson at the door and wakes up the baby you're dead right i mean i can't you just because you can't get him back to sleep and then there's the trust issue which is when it's all said and done you just hope they're going to be okay <clears throat> They're going to turn, her out, turn out all right. And that's why so many moms carry so much guilt and shame and fear and anxiety that their mothering isn't going to be sufficient enough for their kids to turn out okay and be successful and be happy and be healthy in life. Uh, one mom says that she was in remorse for years because she had overreacted in uh, disciplining her daughter when she shouldn't have. Once she... Learned the whole story. She had come down on her daughter, and then she got some new information. She's like, "Oh my gosh!" She said she lived in remorse for years over that. She finally came to her daughter to ask for forgiveness years later, and her and she said her daughter said, "I don't even remember that. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've done that before, right? And I've come to ask forgiveness, and they said the same thing. I don't remember that. I'm like, oh, you better remember it because I have been suffering for years." Moms, God, I want to say this to you. God does not require you nor expect you to be perfect. So don't expect yourself to be a perfect mom. You're not going to be. You were raised by imperfect parents. You're you're raising imperfectly. Uh, You're raising your kids imperfectly. And contrary to popular opinion, they are going to raise their kids imperfectly as well. They're going to be in adult counseling just like you are. It's just part of it. I'm sorry to say that. It's just part of it. There are times I'll say every once in a while to my kids, oh, you're going to be in adult counseling for that one. I'm sorry, right? I mean, well, (laughs) it's true. We live in an imperfect world. So many moms wish they could have some do-overs. But let me tell you something. Your kids need a few do-overs too, don't you think? We're all imperfect. We live in an imperfect world, a fallen uh, human race, and it just is what it is. I used to live in so much remorse over my past mistakes, and I lost my joy, um, uh, never wanting to make another mistake to damage my kids. But after so many years and so many kids, I've adopted a whole, whole different philosophy. Just do your best and then take a nap. Yeah. Yeah. Just do your be- Can you do better than your best? I mean, a sincere question. Can you do better than your best? No. No. And your best isn't going to be good enough. They're just going to have to work it out. I, I, not too long ago, uh, one of our children came down. Hope, Hope and I were watching a TV show. And they came down and, gave, and, and began to give us some parenting advice. Yeah. And we disagreed for quite a while. And we couldn't come to get on the same page. And so uh, that, that child went upstairs and slammed their door. And they were upset. And I looked at Hope and said, did we do our best? She said, yep. Yeah. I thought, like, all right, we turned our show back on, just have a watch. I mean, it doesn't mean we don't care. It, it, just, it, it just means you can't do better than your best. And then we're all just going to have to work it out. Moms will go to the ends of the earth to be the best mom that she can be. What I want to do today is take the shame off of the areas where you have fallen short. I'm sure that if you could go back and have some do-overs, you would do a whole bunch of stuff over. Conversations, uh, disciplines that maybe didn't match the crime or whatever it might be. But you just can't. What does God say about this? In Romans 3.23, it says, for everyone, everybody say everyone. Everyone. Yeah, say it again, Everyone. everyone. For everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And guess what? Guess what? Adam and Eve had a pretty good dad. And they made some poor choices. Sometimes, parent, mom, it's not on you. Sorry, kids, it's Mother's Day. Sometimes it's on the kid. I had one teenager say to me one time, how could my brother and I be raised in the same household and go two completely different directions? free will. God's given choice. And we're going to see today, we're going to look at a passage of scripture today where God uses imperfect people to fulfill his perfect plan. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. And I'm going to tailor this to mom. So let's go to that scripture together. The book of Genesis chapter 16, verse 1 through 15. It says this, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. Now at this point, she was barren she couldn't have children god had promised her that she was going to have a child this is 10 years into that promise and she has lost faith i want to say something to everyone here when god gives you a prophetic promise it's going to take a lot longer for that promise to come to pass than you're comfortable with when he gives you a promise it's so full of faith and so full of energy and so exciting but when you look throughout the scriptures, you look at the stories in the Bible, you look at church history, you look at your own history, if you walked with God for any time, he gives you a promise, and it just feels like it's going to come to pass in the morning. And then a year goes by, and five years goes by, and 10 years goes by. I'm sorry, it's just, it's Bible. For them, it ended up being 25 years. For David, it was 18 years. For Joseph, it was 13 years. For Paul, after he got called to preach, was 15 years. And the bigger the promise, usually the longer the wait. Because the Lord is developing things in you along the way. And so Sarah had decided that she was going to have to help God's promise come to pass. Anybody ever done that before? Yeah. You're like, I think I need to help God out with this, right? Okay. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah says to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Yeah, but that was a divine purpose for that. He he promised her a child, and then he withheld her from having children for his divine purpose, which would wait until her body was completely past the physical uh, ability to produce children so that he could produce a miracle child. You see, when God gives you a promise, and maybe it's for your children, God gives you a promise, sometimes it's going to be darkest before the dawn. Sometimes it's going to look like there's no way this is going to come to pass. But if God has given you a promise, you've got to hang on to that promise no matter what it looks like. Ten years into it, she decided, God has prevented me from having children. And if she had asked the Lord, he would have said, Yeah until my timing is right. Then you're going to have a miracle baby. But she wasn't asking the Lord. So what did she do? She decides to make it happen. The Lord prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Mistake number one. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed. Mistake number two. Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. That's how I know it was 10 years from the day that God gave Abraham the promise that you're going to have a miracle child. So Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her boss, her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. Problem mistake number three or four, wherever we are. This is like, this is like the first biblical cat fight. Of biblical proportions too. And let's see how the dude responds. Ready? Then Sarai says to Abraham, this is all your fault. He's like. (laughs) See, the message today is how God uses imperfect people, imperfect parenting, imperfect moms to fulfill his perfect will. Who else does he have to work with? There was only one perfect person ever on the planet what was his name his name is Jesus not you that's why I say you can only do your best and then take a nap Just say I'm sorry this is all your fault I put my servant into your arms but now that she's pregnant she treats me with contempt as though abraham could do anything about that or it's, and the lord will show who's wrong you or me i mean this is just we're into the realm of irrational logic here right it's like and so what does the abram do does he step up into the middle of that cat fight and say okay look this is this is inappropriate here's how we're going to handle this situation and lead his family no what is what does the guy do look she's your servant so deal with her as you see fit Hands off, I'm out. Then Sarah treated Hagar harshly that she finally ran away. 3 I mean look at his early his first disciples. Look at those guys, right? Arguing about who's going to be the greatest and you know, I to call fire down on cities. And Jesus is like, holy vey, right? I'm, I'm not here to destroy people's lives. I'm here to save them, you guys. I mean, you know, he only has us. So moms, don't be so hard on yourself. That should be the title of my message today. Moms, don't be so hard on yourself. Genesis sixteen seven. Then, here comes God. The angel of the Lord found hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. so she was an egyptian she didn't even know god abraham was the first father he was the father of faith he he was the first one to have that relationship with god god's beginning through him this is just his servant an egyptian servant she didn't have a relationship with god she was going back to egypt where they worshiped their false gods She wasn't even seeking God. God was seeking her. We put so much pressure on ourselves to seek God and to seek Him perfectly. We forget He sought us first. He seeks you and I as much as we seek Him. Probably more. We never would have found Him unless He revealed Himself to us. God so mercifully saw how Hagar was mishandled and mistreated. Some of you moms have been mishandled. You've been mistreated. You've been abandoned. You've been rejected. And God sees you. He feels you. He's with you. He's for you. He understands everything. All the circumstances. Your heart. What you've gone through. And He comes to you. The Bible says that God is near the brokenhearted, And He saves those. are crushed in spirit. He's easily touched with our weaknesses. He understands that the depth of a mom's love is like a torrent. It is a wave. That's why we say mama bear, right? I mean, the love of a mother is so powerful. That's why the pain is so deep. That's why you carry this burden of doing the best job you can as a mom and you, you berate yourself when you don't do it perfectly or just right or you... You, you, you cause harm to your children because you just overreacted or whatever your issue might be. Why do you care so much? Because God has put the love of a mom and a protective love in your heart for your children. God understands that. He goes and he finds Hagar. And he says to her, the angel said to her, Hagar, he knew her name. Could you imagine being Hagar? I want to move this because every time I look at you, I see a microphone in your face. Could you imagine being Hagar? Here's an Egyptian. Doesn't know the God of the universes at all. She has been abandoned, rejected by her husband, cast out of her home uh, on on the bad end of a cat fight. She's destitute, pregnant, alone. Hagar, <laughs> calls her by her name. God is so personal. He knows your name. Then he says this. From where are you come from, and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarah. She replied, the angel of the Lord said to return to your mistress and submit to her authority. You know, I got to tell you a testimony here real quick about God knowing your name and God knowing. He knows your name and he knows your situation and your occupation. He he knew her name and he knew uh, her occupation and her situation. He sees you. He knows where you live. He knows how many children you have. So Hope and I were in Italy. You knew I had to bring something from Italy into the sermon today. And we're taking a tour of the Vatican. And our tour guide, her name is Barbara, which was kind of interesting because everybody else's name was was Ivano and and Sergei and Francesco. and Her name is Barbara. And so uh, she was raised as a catholic her entire life so she's in uh that religious um system and she is faithful she even showed me a picture of her and the pope uh she was along the ropes when the pope was coming down and she asked for a blessing and somebody took the picture she showed it to me on her phone she's all up in it and she's a tour guide to the vatican for the last 25 years so she knows everything about her religion she knows everything about the inception of her religion i mean we're in the heart of catholicism and as she's showing me everything all the statues and all the buildings and where the pope uh, lives and where the last pope lived and where the last pope before that came from and she's you know she's a historian so uh, you know we paid for a private tour so i'm getting all of it but i had a suspicion because i was also raised catholic i was raised in that religious system that she had never heard the gospel See, there are people who are deeply sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. They're deeply sincere about their faith. They are faithful. They're sacrificial. They are committed. They're worshipers. Paul said his countrymen had, had, had uh, zeal without knowledge. You can be zealous about your faith, but you would lack knowledge. She was deeply zealous, like in a good sense, about her faith. That was the way she was worshiping God. That's the only way she'd ever been taught. But you see, I was taught that same way. And I know the difference between that and the gospel. And so as we're standing in line to go back into the Vatican from another door to see something else, we're standing in this long line. I thought, I'm just going to share the gospel with her. And so for about two minutes, I talked to her. I said, did you know, as she was showing me all the statues and everything, that's where the Pope comes out right on that balcony. And I was there when he talked. I said, did you know the salvation is a free gift? She looked at me. She didn't even know what I was talking about. And so I talked to her about how. I said, See all these statues, see all these buildings and and, and the Vatican. And all. I said, None of this will save you. None of this will save you. And she's just staring at me. And I said, Let me show you what it says in the Bible. And I looked up Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved by faith. It's not of your own works, it is the gift of God lest you should boast about your good works. And she looked at that and she said, is that in the Bible? And I said, what do you think about what I'm sharing with you right now? She said this, I could listen to you talk for hours. It wasn't me, it was the gospel. Right? Had nothing to do with who was telling her. It was the message of the gospel brings such Freedom. So then we go into the Vatican and she was saying, look at this big door. This door, they open every 50 years. And if you walk through that door, all your sins are forgiven. And then she goes through all all these other, you know, religious hoops you have to jump through to get your sins forgiven and all that. I came out of the Vatican ready to vomit. And I said, okay, I thought I'm going to revisit this. I said, Barbara, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? And she said, well, yeah, I think so. Because I've done this and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that. And I said, okay. I want to remind you, none of that's going to get you into heaven. I said, only your faith and what Jesus did on the cross for you will get you there. Heaven is a free gift. And I said, would you pray with hope? And hope shared her faith as well. I said, would you pray? My wife and I right now on the sidewalk, right in front of the Vatican. Bonagiano. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only word I know. And so I just use it for everything. We prayed right there. And I asked her the question, I ask everybody that I pray with to receive Christ, what do you feel in your heart right now? She said, do you know what she said? Peace. See, you know the gospel too. <laughs> Peace. She was like wavering like this on the sidewalk. She goes, I've never experienced anything like this before in my life. She experienced the gospel. God knew her name. Amen. He sent us there to meet with Barbara and she got saved by, through right there. <laughs> In the heart of it, she heard the gospel and gave her life to Jesus. And she was a single mom. She was a single mom. I'm running away from my mistress. The angel of the Lord said, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Wow. Really? Sometimes God's strategy for your momhood your mothering, your life, anybody will not be what you expect and not what you want. But if you obey, you'll be blessed. God will give you a strategy for every one of your children, and it will be a different strategy because every child is different. Every season is different. you got to listen to God. How do you want me to parent this situation right now, this person right now? I've had my kids at times say, you know, you treat me differently, or you you don't discipline me, or you don't reward me, or like you did. I say, everybody's on different, everybody's different. Everybody's at a different place, different season, different attitude, right? It's not one size fits all. God will give you a strategy. He gave her a strategy to go back into the place where she was being mishandled and mistreated. Isn't that something? And she did it. And God blessed her. I just want to say God can bless your mess. He has to. Because that's all we do, pretty much. We do our best, but often it's a mess. And God will bless your mess. But he will give you a strategy to get through it, around it, above it. He'll bless you in it. But we got to listen to him and follow. And this wasn't the first time she was mistreated. When he was 14, when when, uh, Ishmael was born... He was 14 years old. The miracle baby comes, Isaac. And Ishmael starts mocking Isaac. And Sarah saw that. And she said to Abraham, again, kick that woman and her child out of this house. And so he did it. And so she got kicked out again. So now here's Hagar, once again destitute, abandoned, rejected, neglected as a mom. Now she's a single mom, lost her husband, lost her housing, lost her provision, Lost her protection. She's by herself. She put her son under a tree to die. And she went about 100 yards away. So they would just both starve to death. But she didn't want to watch her son die. Some moms have been in a destitute situation with no hope whatsoever. But God. Everybody say, but God." God. A single mom just looked at me and went, yeah, you know. You know. God appeared to her there also. It's another story a few chapters later. God shows up to Hagar again. And it says he opened her eyes and there was a well full of water. Wow. Our God. What? That doesn't even make sense. She's in the desert. There's no water. God opens her eyes to see a well full of water. And it wasn't just a vision. She actually got water from it. Yeah. <clears> hmm. <throat> How does that work? I have no idea. But God can do whatever God wants to do. He can give you supernatural water from a supernatural vision that you could actually drink. <sighs> and then he blesses her son. It makes him a great nation. God will bless your mess. Mm. Whether you created your situation or somebody else created your situation or it was a combination, God will give you a strategy and a blessing. He wants to partner with you, but you've got to trust His strategy. I remember your situation, Michaela where you were about to go into court for child custody. And the Lord told you not to defend yourself and to just say nothing. And your lawyer was like, that's the dumbest strategy I've ever heard. But you said, this is what God told me. And I was going to say, you remember that? But it's was like, duh. Was like, yeah, do I? And you went into court and you experienced favor from the judge. It was such a supernatural strategy. So dumb from human standards. But God controls everything and everyone. He's the God of all flesh. So have faith. Have faith in the journey that God is all over it. And just keep listening and obeying. All right, Mama Bear? God can take your mistakes and make them into masterpieces of his grace. This scripture came up in my heart while I was preparing this. And so I don't quite know why, but I'm just going to share it because it's for someone. God can take, even if you created the mess yourself, God can literally take that mess and turn it into a blessing. Look what he says when Israel put themselves into uh, a place of suffering because of their own Disobedience. God says to Israel in Hosea chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, Therefore, behold, I will allure her. That means I will draw her and will bring her into the wilderness. That's not like a destitute place. That's a place of privacy. I will draw her into a place of privacy and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there. It's from that place, Mom, when you get alone with the Lord, that place of privacy. He will speak comfort to you. And from that place, He will give you your vineyards. In other words, it's from that place, mom, He will speak to you, comfort you, and give you vision and hope from that place of privacy. And then He says this, and I will turn the valley of trouble, that's what the valley of Acor is, into a door of hope. That is amazing that God can take the very valley of trouble that you created and turn it into a door of hope so good sometimes god struggles i mean the struggles that we experience is this is just sometimes okay this is another message but i'm going to give it to you in a nutshell sometimes god's strategy will actually cause trouble. Okay, think of Mary. It's Mother's Day, right? Think of Mary. God's strategy for Mary was to have a child out of wedlock. (laughs) Now for us now, we see that it was a holy thing. It was a supernatural thing, right? But not in real time. In real time, in that small religious community... The societal shame on Joseph and Mary was profound. The embarrassment of their parents and their grandparents and all their relatives and that that Jewish community. I mean, to the point where Joseph was going to put her away privately. That means putting away of is a a legal term. He was going to do it privately to cover her shame and his shame, but it's over. And he was a priest in the temple. His reputation is going to be ruined. Hers, forget about it. God knew that. Sometimes God will call you to do something against societal norms. Not sinful. Don't take that message and say, oh, yeah, God's told me to marry somebody else's wife, or God's told me to have sex before marriage, and, and God's told me that, you know, getting pregnant outside of wedlock is okay. He would never say that because the Bible does not contradict God's direction ever. God's word is God's word and he doesn't like cross his word to do something contrary to his word. But often he will give you a strategy. Like one time a very close friend of mine died and it was a tragic death and the whole community here in San Diego went. Our whole church went. I mean everybody went there and God told me not to go. It brought shame on uh, on my family and Other people were counseling me, you have to go, it's the right thing to do. And the Lord spoke to me very clearly, don't go. And I didn't. And uh, he said this to me, your your world, your social world's on fire right now and you can't do anything about it. But when the fire's done, you'll know who your true friends are. And when I came out of that season, I was shocked at who was for me and who was against me. But I, but it was, but it was the Lord's sovereign will for me not to do something that was the uh, society, uh, the right thing to do in society's eyes. Mary said the right thing. Okay, beat unto me according to your word. She accepted the Lord's assignment as a mom, and she knew it was going to cost her her reputation, her dignity. What it was going to do for jo- to Joseph, to the rest of her family, and then the suffering she had to go through. And not to mention raising perfection himself. That had to be a little difficult. Raising a perfect son. You're always wrong. He never is. Forget about it. What are you going to teach them? Right? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what they think now. Right. Each child is different. And yet... All the trouble that was created by following God's plan, Jesus turned that valley of trouble into the door of hope, Jesus Christ himself, the salvation of the world. We go on. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. God hears your cry of distress, mom. The Bible's full of God hearing distress signals and answered with mercy, blessings, and prophetic promises. Here's some great prophetic promises for you. Isaiah 49, 25b says this, For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. I claim these promises daily for my kids. I pray these promises all the time. They're like arrows in your quiver that you shoot at the enemy or you pray to God. I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. Isaiah 54, 13 says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Claim these promises, Mom. Proverbs 22, 6, Direct your children onto right paths, and when they are older, they will not leave it. In the moment, it may not look like that, but you've got to claim that promise and hold on to it. I remember my mom and my dad, I mean, they did their best, but... They blew apart, and our family got fractured and fragmented, and I was uh, nine years old when they were divorced, and, and all that you have to go through, right? And the guilt that my mom carried for so many years was profound. She prayed every day. She told me, your kingdom come, your will be done. She goes, I prayed that prayer every day, multiple times a day, and I, I just, it didn't, ha- you know, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't fix it. And she just felt this tremendous guilt. And I was sitting by her bedside one time. I was up in her bedroom we just talking to her. And she said, you know, your guys is, you know, uh, what you are going through or been through or who you are or whatever. It's it's, like, it's my fault, you know. Cause... And I said, Mom, two of your sons are preachers. <laughs> I said, two of your children are preachers. And she said, actually four." Four. Because my two sisters cannot preach me any day and twice on Sundays You see god uses imperfect people and imperfect situations To fulfill his perfect will It's not all on us mom. It's not all on you And then in fact, let's look at this as we close up here this son of yours will be a wild man as untamed as a wild donkey he will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him yes he will be, live in open hostility against all of his relatives now what if God did not tell her that's what her son was going to be like as he was growing up like a wild donkey do you, how much of that do you think she would have taken on herself huh yeah I didn't mother her right, him right. I didn't do something right. Why is he all jacked up? Maybe because we got kicked out twice. My husband abandoned me and we had no place to live. And I did my best mother. And I'm so sorry. Right? No. It was God's will. Sometimes your child is just hardwired this way. You know, there's nature and there's nurture. But nature is a big part of it. Sometimes you can't do anything about it. It's between them and God. Can I hear an amen? amen? I remember one of our children, he's in the bassinet next to our bed. Every night, his fist is straight up in the air like this. I, was, I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and we've had some uh-ohs, right? I mean, sometimes like one of our children, dancing since they were that, that, that right? she's our little entertainer. My, uh, another one of our children, she just, I mean, her emotions are deeper than the ocean, that has nothing to do with our parenting. That's just the way that God hardwired. Another one of my children at two years old. Remember I I to get on the internet? It took like 15 steps when you had to dial in. And it, right? I remember doing that in front of my son. And then I was in the living room. And all of a sudden I hear this. Right? Two years old. And I go in there. He's getting on the dang internet. Going through the, all the steps you have to get in. Right? You can't raise that. In kindergarten he tested at the fourth grade level yeah uh-huh yeah tell me about it sometimes your children are just hardwired the way they are and it's 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 wrapped in immaturity and so it's very so it's a it's a challenge when your child is maybe stubborn or strong-willed or emotional or dramatic or whatever it might be right and they're they're growing up, and so it's like their their hardwire, their their strengths are way ahead of their character, and they're just trying to fit into it. And they're growing into it, and you're trying to parent that right. And the tomato vine is like wanting to go this way, and you have to wrap it to the stake and discipline it, and right. And it's, but when they grow into it, they're going to be who God intended them to be. All you can do is your best. And then take a nap. Thereafter, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. You are the God who sees me. Wow. Isn't that awesome, Will? She begins in a place of destitution and loneliness and despair and hopelessness. But when God shows up, her tune changes. To you are the God who sees me. <laughs> you have these kind of encounters and the philosophies of the world just turn into complete foolishness that God doesn't exist or that God threw the worlds into existence. He spun them into existence, but he's not involved anymore. That God doesn't hear your prayers. That God doesn't care. All those philosophies become stupid when you have had an encounter with the Lord. When people try to talk me out of my faith, I just say, too late. (laughs) You're too late. I know him. One of my daughters said to me, you know, being raised in a public school system, she said, if I did not know him, I would believe in evolution. That's what she said to me. Then I went home and showed her a a one-hour DVD by uh, a former atheist journalist who investigated the uh claims of christianity because his wife got saved and she started changing and he was like wait what's happening here so as a research journalist and an atheist he researched christianity he interviewed the top people in the fields of biology and physics and astronomy all over the world he found the top people in the medical profession about jesus dying on the cross did he actually die what did his body go through and he came out of it saying i could not not believe and still maintain intellectual honesty. The facts themselves have proved to me that Jesus is the Son of God and rose from the dead. I showed her this DVD. We watched it together. After one hour, she looked at me and said, so why do they still teach evolution in schools? But it began with her saying, even though it seems to make sense, uh, I know Him. I know the Creator. So, too late. You are the God who sees me, she said. I've truly seen the one who sees me. So that well is named Be'aloha Rohi, which means the well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Bared. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. God became deeply, deeply, deeply personal to her at that point. Moms, God sees you. He knows your name. He knows your situation. And he's with you. And he's for you. And he's not depending on your perfection as a mom. Just go to that private place and listen. And just follow the best you can. And then take a nap. (laughs) Amen? And that's your Mother's Day message. And I got one scripture for the children today. It's Proverbs 23:25. So give your father and mother joy. May she who gave you day to make your mom happy today. It's Mother's Day. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to ask all the moms and all the moms in the room to please stand and we're going to pray a blessing over you today. Moms online, we're praying over you as well. Come on, let's stretch your hands out toward these mamas. They carry the love of God in their heart for their children, their grandchildren, and their great-grandchildren. Lord, we bless them. We pray the shame will be removed by the power of your preached word today. Truth. May they never again, Lord, bear the burden of shame and guilt from not doing things perfectly. You've never required that of them. May they release themselves, Lord, into your grace. Lord, we pray that these mamas will trust that you can bless the mess anyway. That you're sovereign and good. You need to stand. You're a mama. Bless you. I know you missed the instruction. You're going to get in on it. We bless them, Lord. We bless them. We bless them. Bless these moms. I'm going to ask the moms to come up. Would you just come on up here? We're going to bless you. We're going to prophesy over you. Come on, mom. Amen. Let's give thanks for these moms. Come on, church. Let's give thanks for these mamas. All right, here we go. All right. Dennis and April and Gary and Rick, come on up here. Let's lay hands on these moms. Let's pray them and bless them and prophesy. Anybody on the prayer teams, you're welcome to come up and bless these ladies. Alright. Just hands open, heavenward. We bless you, mama. We bless you, bless you with the peace of God, the wisdom of God. God has chosen you to be their mom. He knew what he was doing when he chose you to be their. bless you in the name of Jesus you have more than enough to be the mom that your children need you to be more than enough to bless you bless you you've said maybe I'm the wrong mom for these children that's a lie from the devil you're the right mom God's choice
1: Never gonna
0: Thank, you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you in the name of Jesus. Never With a mama's me down. heart. You're Strong. With the love of God itself. Protect me. Powerful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom. i pray, Lord, to Kathy's daughter. but have ears to hear, uh,
1: never
0: hearts to receive. The wisdom down. of God that comes through, Kathy. Shout out, to Kathy. Have a tremendous amount of joy, Lord. Your joy good, would break open in her. Lord, I thank you for Miss Brenda. Bless her. Thank you, Lord, great mom and grandma she is, Perhaps You has been, will good, be for years to come. Bless her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you are bless these moments. You're good. Jesus my name. Bless you. Sha dara. You.
1: Let the King of my heart. Let the
0: King of Let's all stand and just begin to worship.
1: mamas worship oh, let's worship him come on let the king my song, let the king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days, oh is my song, you are good, good. Never gonna let me down. Think it like you believe it. you're You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let.
0: And if you need prayer for anything, once you come up for prayer? Maybe it's one of your children. You want to have agreement and prayer over one of your kids. uh, You may get prophecy. You may get healing. Experience a miracle. If you've never given your life to Jesus, come on up front. Let them pray with you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, just pray a prayer that goes like this. Lord, I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. I receive you as the savior of my my soul i receive you now you pray that prayer the lord is going to forgive you of your sins fill you with his spirit and you're going to experience his peace in jesus name god bless you family happy mother's day have a great afternoon oh and mama's you get a picture Mom, did you guys get-